0: you like listening about all of your favorite sports? Well, how about collecting? Now's your chance to get both at one time. Every Monday night, I'll be going live on the WhatNot app from Monday Night McLovin, where I'll be selling autographed memorabilia, trading cards, and much more. Check out my brother, BoatDad418, on the WhatNot app Monday nights, where I'll be hosting the best sports deals on the internet. That's BoatDad418 on WhatNot. The NFL trade deadline has come and gone. Who were the winners and losers of the weekend, both on the field and at the deadline? All that and more right now on Zach and Jamar. what's up everybody welcome to week eight of Zach and Jaymar. we're back we're energized we are better than ever glad to have you all here today and Jaymar, how you doing
1: I feel great I took a nap like I, so I feel like a like a child right now I'm wide awake I got energy and whatnot it sucks because won't be able to go to sleep tonight but we'll worry about that later <laughs> we'll worry about that later I'm doing great man how are you
0: I'm doing alright, you know. It's been a pretty decent week. I only worked three days because I took off to watch that Ravens-Bucks games on Thursday night, <laughs> but we'll go ahead and talk about that a little bit later. But overall, you know, it's it's been a good week. I'm glad to be back on here. Uh got to go back to work tomorrow, so there's that. But, you know, get through this week, back to another weekend, and just keep on keeping on.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got to keep it rolling. Today has been eventful. In the world of the NFL.
0: Ain't that the truth? But first, I want to start off with an eventful weekend in NASCAR. I know that I just sent you the
1: video right before
0: we hopped on here. And it's some video
1: game shit if I ever saw. (laughs) Ain't that right?
0: Ross Chastain, the number one car for track house racing, was down about two points there at the end of the race, needed to pass two cars on the final lap in order to get himself a chance at a championship next weekend in Phoenix. And Ross Chastain did one of the ballsiest things that I've ever seen in my entire life. That man kicked the car into fifth gear, put the pedal to the ground, and let the wall steer for him as he set a record for the fastest lap at Martinsville Speedway. Going past about five cars in the final turn and passing Denny Hamlin, of all people, who he has been fighting with all season, right there at the end to secure a spot in the championship. Jaymar, I know you're not a big NASCAR guy, but... What were your thoughts looking at that video?
1: That's some video game shit. That is some video game shit. If I ever saw who I I didn't think like, you know, in a video game, there are things that are real and things that are not that you don't think would ever happen in real life. That is literally one of those things I never thought I would see happen in real life. And the fact that he did it and like he did it and was successful with it is probably the funniest thing out of all of it.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely insane. And it's funny that you say video game shit because in his post game interview, he or sorry, post race interview, he actually said that he got that idea from playing NASCAR 2005 on the GameCube of all places. But I just I can't believe like doing it we've all done it in a video game. Anyone who's ever played a NASCAR video game has done some gutsy shit where they went found themselves in the wall and got their way to a win. But to do it Like, are you going to take your car out on the highway and go 120 directly into the barrier and let it steer for you? That's a terrifying thought. But this man just threw his car out there, put his life on the line, and succeeded. And if that's not deserving of a chance at a championship, I don't know what is.
1: I don't either, and I'm glad he gets a chance. I'm glad that he did that, and it gave him a chance to be in the playoffs for that because— I feel like when something like that happens, you got to let him in. You got you got to look because you got to appreciate the effort and the drive and want to do to, you know, to even think to do that and even do it. So, like, I think he deserves one for that alone, even if it say it didn't get him like those two points that he needed. I feel like I would have to as a judge or something, I'd have to be like, nah, we got to let this guy in. (laughs) We got to let this guy in. man. did you see that? Did you see that? That video game shit? Yeah, you got to let him in. You got to let him in. Screw, screw the screw the, the way it's set up. Screw the playoff stature. Like, let him in solely for that.
0: <laughs> I got to agree with you on that one. And overall, you know, it's the first time that I've seen a NASCAR driver not named Kyle Larson or Bubba Wallace trending on Twitter. And I think it's really refreshing to see the sport grow with something that, like, everybody can watch that. I mean, it was number one on Center Top Ten. Everyone can watch that. And enjoy the effort that went into it and it's crazy and if nascar had some more crazy finishes like that i feel like more people would watch but now we get to see a really interesting race at phoenix to end out the season four drivers in a field of 36 but the person who finishes in front of the other three drivers is all that matters for the championship so we'll have one more nascar interruption in the podcast next week i'm sure because that's going to be kind of crazy watching that championship race but for this week that was just fantastic to see, and I, I'm i still in awe of what I saw.
1: As am I. As am I.
0: But as you were saying, we had a really eventful day in the NFL today, so why don't you go ahead and fill in the audience on what was so eventful about a Tuesday in the NFL.
1: So today, Tuesday, November 1st, was the NFL trade deadline up until I believe it was 4 p.m. You had up until 4 p.m. to make your trades and then you were set with what you had. Yep, usually, right, usually the NFL doesn't have a large number of trades. You see about four or five. You don't usually see like, my phone doesn't blow up throughout the course of the day because of NFL trades the same way like the NBA does, for instance. Right. The NBA, like all day, your phone blows up for trades. I don't, I've never seen the NFL as far as I can remember have this many trades in one day at the deadline. So that to me is what made this so eventful. And then some of the names even still make it even more wild. Yeah, Yeah, for
0: sure. I think that in the NFL, we're not going to see things like a major league baseball where you see somebody with a name like Juan Soto move at the deadline or an NBA where you see someone like James Harden move at the deadline. It's just not that type of trade deadline. But This was much more exciting than most. We definitely didn't get to see like a top quarterback move or even really a top wide receiver. But we did get to see a couple all pro level talents move from team to team. A lot of draft picks traded hands. And it seemed like the story of this trade deadline was the rich got richer and the poor punted for 2023.
1: (laughs) That's a great way to put it. And then sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So how do you want – which which trades you want to start off with? Like, Because all of these trades are big time, but some of these are bigger than others. Which one you want to start with? Do you want to start in Baltimore or where do you want to go?
0: Oh, no. I want to save Baltimore for a little bit okay. later. You know, right. Give that's everybody fine. something to listen for uh, on the way. I think I'm going to start here. Uh, but first, let's uh, figure out how we're going to do this. I think that we go old school grading style. A through F, we've got pluses and minuses. We're going to give our grades, and then we're going to talk about why exactly we gave those grades. Um, And for some of the less significant trades, it'll probably be, you know, not much to talk about. But for some of these bigger trades, we'll definitely go in-depth about how it's impacting these teams and what we expect to see moving forward in the NFL season.
1: All right, all right. Let's get it rolling.
0: (laughs) So the first trade – uh, we're gonna go from basically the most recent trade down, <clears throat> most recent trade down, um, which this one came in right at the deadline, barely made it through, but the Buffalo Bills and the Atlanta Falcons secured a trade at, right at 4 p.m. as safety Dean Marlos goes from Atlanta to Buffalo in exchange for a seventh-round draft pick. And how would you grade this?
1: So for the Bills. Only because of the the lack of depth they have at safety, this is a good trade for them. I'm going to give it a B. I don't think it's like a major B. B minus. I give it a B minus because this isn't a well known. You you didn't give up a lot to get them, right? Like you only gave up a seventh round pick. So, excuse me for the, for the Bills, I'll give a B for the Falcon. I mean a B minus for the Falcons. I'll give it <laughs> C plus. Because you only got a seventh-round pick for it.
0: And what I'll have to say, uh, my opinion on this trade, is Dean Marlowe's um, may have had better years behind him, but this season overall, he hasn't had much of an impact for the Falcons. And Buffalo definitely needs that depth at safety as their secondary isn't necessarily their strong suit. It's mostly their front and their linebacking group. But Dean Marlowe, I mean, he hasn't had an interception all season long and any safety who's not getting you at least a couple turnovers isn't really going to make a huge impact on your defense, but it will be something that will come in handy later on. If there are injuries or anything like that for the Buffalo bills, I'm going to have to give them a C minus on the acquisition because it does shore them up, but it's definitely nothing sexy. And for the Falcons, I'm going to have to go with a solid D plus. Because a seventh-round pick pick doesn't really—that's not going to help shape the future of your organization in any significant way. I don't want people coming at me with the, oh, but Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. Yeah, but how many Tom Brady's have there been since Tom Brady? So if somebody can name me the best seventh-round pick in the next five years, then I might reconsider. But I'm going to have to go with D-plus for Atlanta because— they lost a player uh, that's going to put a lot of stress on their rest of their defense, and they gained
2: a draft pick that's not going to have an impact on the organization.
1: Fair points, fair points.
2: And then I guess we'll
0: move on to the Atlanta Falcons and the Kansas City Chiefs. We had a Atlanta again trading away another piece of their defense. Cornerback Rashad Fenton to the Kansas City Chiefs for a conditional. Twenty twenty three seventh round draft pick.
2: Flip that.
1: Flip that. The Chiefs. Chiefs traded. Oh, the oh, corner to to the Falcons. Flip that. You're my good. Bad.
0: My bad. Looking at it backwards. So Atlanta picks up the corner. The Chiefs get a secondary or a seventh round draft pick for a piece
1: of their secondary. Uh, I mean, so the Falcons are. Let, let's be real. The Falcons secondary is just bad. Aren't, it's bad. They're like bottom in the bottom five. And as far as like everything past ranking and the past ranking categories. So, I mean, I guess you can get, you're getting as much help as you can get, but Fenton's only had 18 tackles. He hasn't done anything this year. So I wouldn't call it at anything great. So that's a C that's probably me being nice. That's a C for the Falcons. And you can just call it a C. You can call it a C across the board for the Falcons and the Chiefs. It's just a C.
0: I'm gonna have to say that overall, the pickup of Fenton at least he's more you know impactful than Marlowe, who we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did have those tackles and everything. Uh, he's played more games. Again, he's in the secondary and doesn't have any pickoffs or anything like that. Hasn't caused any turnovers. So. Overall, i got to say that that's a solid C for Atlanta, at least recouping the loss of their safety uh, by strengthening that secondary with a slightly better player. And I'm going to go ahead with a D- for the Kansas City Chiefs because what the hell are the Kansas City Chiefs going to do with not just a seventh-round draft pick, but a conditional seventh-round draft pick?
1: Yeah, and I'm wondering what what the conditions are for that. What possible
0: conditions could you have to meet to not be willing to give up a seventh round draft pick but hey i mean if they feel like it's useful i guess but i i don't think that this is really like a sexy trade for either team the falcons definitely did get better there uh and the chiefs they really didn't get anything out of the deal
1: yeah i, I feel the same i feel the same way uh, maybe maybe the conditional pick is like if the falcons do well or bad in certain areas it might go up to like a sixth round pick or something like something like that like maybe that's what what it is but i i don't know i don't think it matters because you're not getting anything really you're not getting anything out of the sixth and seventh round like those are just like tryout players to be honest with you
0: practice squad people that might not even sign their contracts i definitely agree with that So moving on to the next one. This is one of the more interesting trades, if you ask me. The Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts agreed on a trade to swap their running backs with Naheem Hines going to Buffalo from Indianapolis and Zach Moss going back to Indianapolis along with a conditional fifth-round draft pick. What are your grades
1: here? So I love this for the Bills. I love this. I wish they would get a more serviceable rep serviceable, you know, regular running back, but I will absolutely take, um, I'll take what they got and I'll give that a B. I'll give that a B plus. Cause I like Naeem Hine, and they got rid of Zach Moss, who is a who is a rookie, but he's got fumble problems. which right. is why he hasn't been able to crack the depth chart and be their third string running back. So for, the Bills, it's like a B-plus for me. For the Colts, I mean, uh, you're getting you're getting a rookie who you're going to have to work, who's a little rough around the edges, who, who you know, hasn't proven himself. So I think you, you didn't make yourself any better. You didn't make yourself any worse. Actually, no, you might have made yourself worse because at least Naeem Hines was your pass catching back, and that's gone. So I don't know if you want to put Zach Moss in that Place. And if so, I don't know how good that's going to do you. So I'll give them. Ugh, you get to see. You get to see.
0: I think that I agree with you as far as the pickup of Naeem Hines being good for Buffalo. Overall, Buffalo's backfield has been backfield has been less than impressive so far this season. I mean, Devin Single Carry. Oh, I'm sorry, Single Terry. Um, <laughs> you know he's been. Tackled by that fumble bug a little bit this year too. Not as many lost, but he's definitely not been holding on to the ball great. And then also Singletary, he he's just not. He, he gets a lot of hype, but he does not get you that bell cow back status. He's a little bit more of a finesse back, and he's not always going to go out there and get you that extra yardage when you need it. Luckily, you got Josh Allen who outrushes single carry most games. Uh, which is important, but overall, I think that it's not great um, for the
2: Indianapolis Colts. Um, I'm sorry, hold up. My mom's calling me. Hello? Oh, I got you. I'll hang up for you. You're good. sorry about that
0: short recess there audience my mother accidentally butt dialed me and did not know how to hang up on Facebook Messenger I', was I gonna love go that. ahead and keep that in there
1: <laughs> that's awesome
0: uh, I feel like you know that's the good unfiltered podcast content that they come here to see
2: that's uh, awesome
0: <laughs> So sorry about that I was stumbling on my words when I was sitting there looking at the phone ring because I'm like her calling me at nine o'clock thought it might have been an emergency thankfully it's not. Um, so overall what I got to say is that Naeem Hines automatically upgrades the Buffalo Bills backfield which is why I give this trade a B for Buffalo because they needed somebody who could go back there and get them those extra yardage and Hines did not get a lot of reps as far as carries over in Indianapolis being behind Jonathan Taylor so I think that he's going to get more opportunities here and he's going to be a big time upgrade for the Buffalo Bills and as far as Indianapolis, I think that it's good for them that they wound up getting a rookie back in Zach Moss because even though he has fumble problems, I think that they're the first team that we've talked about so far that are truly punting to next season. They've already benched their starting quarterback for somebody that most of us have never heard of unless you're a Texas fan in college football. And they get this rookie running back who they're going to have multiple years with. They're going to be able to work with. He's going to be able to see Jonathan Taylor. His work ethic, learn from him, develop under him, behind him. And also they get a fifth round pick. And a fifth round pick is where you can find a lot of diamonds in the rough as far as like linebackers that have slid down for one reason or another. Or you could find a good corner that goes to a small school that could turn out good for you. The fifth round is a high value round. So I think that this is a B for both teams because that's where you can really catch people slipping. And this automatically upgrades Buffalo's backfield where they can come out with a two-back set next week and be able to churn more yards and maybe take some of that pressure off of Josh Allen.
1: Yeah, I think it's an awesome pickup. Um, I think it'll be beneficial for the teams in the long run. But I think the Colts, I think the Bills came out the winners in this one.
0: I think that this is a win-win situation. I think that if Indianapolis isn't doing anything right now, there's no point in holding on to a back that they barely use behind Jonathan Taylor. I think it's a win-win. All
2: right. right.
0: Um, But that moves us over to one of the... eh, I mean, it's one of the higher draft picks that you're going to see change hands here. Uh, which is Denver receiving defensive end Jacob Martin from the New York Jets. Um, the curious one here is that New York did all of this just to move up a round in the draft to the fourth round. Um, but it's overall Denver gets Jacob Martin in the fifth round. New York receives a fourth round draft pick. Jamar, what's your grade there?
1: Well... The Broncos only did this because I think they got rid of because they got rid of uh, Chubb, who we'll talk about him as yeah. well as far as you know the grade. So I think this is just a to coop up some some type of pass rush since you lost Bradley Chubb, who was a major pass rusher for you guys. So the the Broncos, I'm I'm not I'm not hype about this. Like I'm not. It doesn't excite me. But I'll give you a C plus for effort. Like <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't excite me, but you got you know, you got a fifth round pick out of it. It won't be in this year's draft, next year's draft. But you got a fifth round pick out of it, and you only gave up a fourth round pick to get them. So you get a player and a pick. And for the Jets, I don't know. Uh, I just gave it a C because all you did was get a fourth round pick.
0: I think overall. As far as I'm concerned, this is an F for both teams because both teams are kind of in the same position by executing this trade. And that's they don't know whether they're punting the next season and they don't know whether they're going for it this year. The Broncos, I feel like more obviously should be looking forward to next year because there's I don't see a big turnaround coming from that club. There's a lot of things wrong there. They need to really get the scheme on offense figured out, get some rhythm on offense And just find what their identity is as a team. And for the Jets, trading away, even though it's not a huge impact player on your defense, it's somebody who can at least get to the quarterback every now and then, somebody with decent athleticism, somebody that could wind up helping their team if they did have injuries later in the season. And all they did was trade up around and not even the 2023 draft, but in the 2024 draft. That puts me in a position where if I'm a New York Jet, I'm like, why are we trading away our depth here and we're not getting anything that's going to help us right now? I believe that the worst position that you can be in as a team is holding steady and not knowing whether you're going for it or whether you're punting to next season, not knowing whether you need to rebuild your franchise or not. And I know that the Jets, they're not used to being in this position where they have a real chance to make the playoffs, but the Jets are actually a decent football team this year. Where the Broncos are not. But the fact that neither of them know what they're doing, whether they're going for it or whether they're waiting until next season to see if they can improve, I got to give an F on both sides because that indecisiveness will eventually put you into a scenario where you're having what, a nine and eight season, barely making it into the playoffs. And then you just continue to sit in the middle of the draft and get worse and worse. And you never make big strides for your club to put yourself in a position for contention.
1: That's fair. I I don't know if the f's are... I mean I I, I get why you I get exactly why you're giving the f's because it's like what you what you gain you didn't gain anything you didn't get better you didn't necessarily get worse but you didn't get enough for your you didn't get enough bang for your buck so it was kind of like a waste of a trade so to speak so I get your point I get your point. Let's see where we want to head to next with this one. You want to go to Detroit, uh, uh, Mike's muted.
2: We're heading on to, uh, San Francisco, and Miami, of
0: course, with the trade of Miami receiving Jeff Wilson, Jr. And San Francisco receiving a fifth round draft pick.
1: So for the dolphins, I give this a B plus this one. I'll give a B plus because with Wilson and with the fact that your head coaches, um, a former niners hey uh, coordinator you're getting that scat back who can also run the ball very effectively which miami really needs since they you know they let go of a player or two so i think getting wilson is a good good deal so i definitely give this a b plus for the niners i mean let's be honest they're trying to recoup some draft picks right like they're trying to get some draft picks back so A fifth rounder, I mean, it's eh. So, you know, you'll get a C from me. You can find some hidden
0: gems in that round.
1: You you can. In the fifth round, you can find some hidden gems. So, But I'll give it a C just because they've lost so many draft picks. This this won't (laughs) really help them too much, but it won't hurt.
0: Well, one trade that we are not going to cover in this, uh, but I'm going to bring up to validate my grades a little bit. Uh, is the trade for Christian McCaffrey like obviously mm-hmm. the Forty ers gave away a lot, and we'll get to the impact that Christian McCaffrey is already making on the Niners' offense. We'll get to that uh, in the next segment. But Jeff Wilson Jr. for Miami, I will say, is a big upgrade because they've been kind of just running with that one back. Uh, they definitely needed an upgrade in that room, like you said. McDaniels was a former offensive, or I'm sorry, a offensive coordinator and uh, San Francisco right yeah yeah so he was a offensive coordinator in San Francisco McDaniels obviously has a really good feel for offensive scheme I mean look at Tua this year now that he's been back from concussion tua has been once again tearing it up in ways that he hasn't really shown in the past and I think that you can attribute that to Mike McDaniel so getting a back that knows his style of offense and can get in there and like you said get those yards and really be that kind of Gus Edwards type back that's going to get you those yards and work hard for him. I think that's a huge win for Miami to get Jeff Wilson Jr. And for the 49ers, like you got to know what a player is going to get you. And getting a fifth round pick out of a running back that was obviously the odd man out in your running back room is a. Uh, I mean, getting a fifth round pick for it isn't anything to frown at. So overall, I'm going to have to say for the Dolphins, I give it a B plus, And for the 49ers, I give it a B minus because they know that they're going for it. But they traded away a player that they didn't need. And they got a little bit of capital for it in a round where you can get some value picks. So I'm definitely not mad at the 49ers or the Dolphins for making this trade. I think it's going to work out for both of them. But overall, Miami wins the trade right now just based off of what their current needs are.
1: I, I'm with that. I'm with that one thousand percent. I just, I just like what Miami's done to get what they have, considering where they were before these trades. And I think uh, Wilson's going to be a good addition and very helpful
2: for Tua. All right,
0: so that brings us to our next trade which is the Jacksonville Jaguars a receiving wide receiver Calvin Ridley, who is suspended for a year by the NFL for gambling on NFL games, or allegedly gambling on NFL games. And the Falcons get back a 2023 conditional fifth round and a 2024 conditional second round. What do you think about this trade, which is one of the more interesting ones of the day?
1: Listen... This is an A. This is an A for Jacksonville. Like you can't you can't script that any better. You get Calvin Ridley. Who by all means probably would be having a all-pro year if he were playing right now, More especially likely. with especially, you know, with Drake London and all those guys and and Kyle Pitts and all those guys in Atlanta. But Jacksonville, one, addressed the need. They still needed a wide receiver. Yes, even after they did all those signings in the offseason. You you signed Christian Kirk. You had um you had Marvin Jones. And you went and picked up uh, a tight end too. And all these things, and you still you guys still kind of struggle a little bit on the offensive end. And Calvin Ridley, he won't play this year, but in the long run, he's probably going to be the number one receiver for uh, Trevor Lawrence, and 100%. I think that's that's the best that's the best part about all of this. And Calvin Ridley is still very very young. Let's not forget that he's only been in the league yeah. for about what three three four years.
0: This would have been his fifth year.
1: This would have been his fifth year. Okay, I'm yeah. uh, wow, I'm out of it.
0: Uh, well, played <laughs> like, five games last year, and with him missing the whole like year this season, it's hey, kind of you still. You, know, you just, remember those first three years? You don't really remember the
1: last two. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's come he's gonna come in with fresh legs, and he's gonna come in definitely with a chip on his shoulder, considering what transpired for him. But this this is a great great pickup for Jacksonville. So this gets an A from me. And what was the what were the draft picks? What did the what did they get for him? Let me see. Twenty twenty
0: three fifth, twenty twenty four second,
1: both conditional. Steal. That's a steal. Oh yeah, you got a second and a fifth round pick for a top ten talent wide receiver wise. That's a steal. So yeah, they get a, they definitely get an A for me and for the Falcons. I mean, you guys are just trimming off dead weight. You're rebuilding and this is your way of doing it. You'll get a, you'll get, you get a B for me. Cause you got that second round form. Um, and the fifth, that just, I don't, I, like I said, I wish I understood more about what the conditional picks were and what, what, what all is going into that. Uh, but you know, good job for. It's more of a win for the Jags than it is for the Falcons in my book. So I'll give them. What did I say? A B? B minus? Maybe a C? I don't remember. But I'm I'll, I'll, <laughs> pretty I'll, sure I'll, that I, you said it was a B. I said a B. All right, let's go with a B. That's what I said. Boom.
0: So I'm reading up on this now. It is conditional that Ridley. It's content. It is contingent upon Ridley being reinstated by the NFL. So if he gets reinstated and he plays, then they get
1: those picks. Well, he. Uh, okay (laughs) all right i don't see why he wouldn't be reinstated but all right you could have just flat out gave him that it's fine
0: yeah i mean i guess you can never be too careful right
1: yeah i mean it's better to cover your ass (laughs) so i understand
0: but overall i gotta say jacksonville knows that they're rebuilding they they had a really good start to this season and they're very close to contention and i think that this could be a huge impact acquisition for them come 2023 and they're only losing a fifth-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year. That's a steal as far as I'm concerned. I right. think that Jacksonville, they got a receiver that averages over 13 yards per tar- or Not yards per target. Yards per carry. Yards per catch? Yards per catch. Yeah, yards yeah. per <laughs> catch. One of those words. One of those words. Um, But he averages over 13 yards every time he catches the ball, which means that he is a huge threat. On their offense with Trevor Lawrence, who is developing into a much better quarterback. I mean, he's still making some dumb r- mistakes, but we got to remember he's only in his second year in the league. Yeah. And if you give him weapons and he starts to, he continues to grow the way that he has been growing, it's going to be a really good year in Jacksonville mm-hmm. with that pair. And the Falcons kind of saw the writing on the wall overall. They knew that, Calvin Ridley probably wasn't going to come back to this team. This is one of those things, like, you know, when a player has an incident like this, that they're going to have the whole change of scenery conversation. So, mm-hmm. this is a perfect change of scenery. He's going to Jacksonville. I'm pretty sure that's a lot farther away from the casinos than Atlanta. <laughs> and so, overall, he gets a fresh start. I'm going to say that both teams did great. Overall, Jacksonville and Atlanta both get A's for me because Atlanta got great value from the pick, and (laughs) Jacksonville they got a great player coming back who, you know, if you were to redraft right now on a fantasy draft, is probably first round talent.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, Uh, and he would, and even if he were like staying in the Atlanta, him being there would make the Falcons such a such a. Three-hitted monster. If Marvin had
0: that target out there right now,
1: that would be something else. Right. That's what I'm saying. Because you have Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is kind of coming, getting himself together. Like, still back and forth, but Drake London's coming together. Now, imagine if you would have had Calvin Ridley. That would have probably sped up their progress so much quicker. They would have definitely gotten more yards because Calvin Ridley would have been double covered. So that would have left you with Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Right. and I think they would have Drake London probably would have been eaten because they would have been more worried about Kyle Pitts and, and Ridley. But now yeah. he gets to go to Jacksonville. And I mean, it's still 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 very, very, a very potent offense, especially if you have uh, who what's their head coach? What's the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Peterson? You got Doug Peterson down there with Trevor Lawrence, who we've definitely seen grow. Right. right. So we've seen him. We see him growing, you know, every game. He still makes mistakes. But like you said, he's only in his second year. You got to make mistakes to grow, and that's where they're at with that. So I think this is just a good, good move for the Jacksonville, and I think Falcons, like you said, got a good bang for their buck.
0: Absolutely great trade for both teams, which brings us into probably the biggest trade of the deadline, which is the Miami Dolphins receiving Bradley Chubb and a fifth-round pick for chase Edmonds, a first round pick and a fourth round pick in
1: 2024 steal getting steals i mean actually that was a fair trade across the board on both ends i i didn't think the broncos are really going to trade away bradley chubb but i mean i guess trade him while he's hot so you can get your as much as you can from him and i think that gets a good move because they definitely needed running needed um, some running back depth with Melvin yeah. Gordon and Latavius Murray being the main two, and Chase Edmonds helps with that. He also helps be the scat back, being able to catch the ball at the backfield. So that's another big, big thing for them. The Dolphins are out here just making moves, and the Dolphins needed Bradley Chubb. Yeah, Dolphins, they needed him Dolphins for that.
0: Definitely needed a linebacker.
1: Yeah, and and that pass rush ability that he gives you has been something the Dolphins have been in dire need of. They've become thin at the secondary with uh with Xavier uh, Howard and Byron Jones in and out of the lineup. They haven't really gotten any pressure. I think they lost two of their best pass rushers this season already. So Gritton Bradley Chubb for what they got him for, it, it's definitely a good, good move. I give the Dolphins an A-right an a-, and I'm only giving them the minus because we need to see how this all transpires. Right. So that's where the minus comes in. And I think the Broncos, the Broncos will get an A out of me because you got a running back and you still managed to get a couple draft picks for them. So I'll give them, I'll give them that, that a, so I think every, I think everybody wins in this one. I don't think there's any bad blood with this one. I think everybody wins.
0: I think overall, I got to give the Miami dolphins an a plus here. They saw a need, they addressed it, and they went out and made a trade that did not harm them on any side. Like, yeah, they gave up a first-round pick, but we already know the Dolphins are going to be towards the bottom of the first round anyway, so it's not like they're giving up a top-ten pick. The Dolphins are more than likely going to be in the bottom ten, which is going to be really, you know, it's closer to a second-round pick than it is a first-round pick, and Having Bradley Chubb on that defense where the Dolphins really needed a playmaker, it's going to have a huge impact for this team. And like you said, he's hot this year. This is the perfect time to get him. This is the perfect spark that you need for your team right now. The Dolphins, you know, they should probably be what? One or two losses right now. Yeah. But because Tua went out and they had to play those couple weeks with second and third strings quarterbacks, You know, they got themselves into a position, but the Dolphins, make no mistake about it, were already one of the best teams in the AFC, and this puts them up there where they can really solidify their place, and when it comes time for the playoffs, having that playmaker out there is going to be intimidating for whatever team that they play, and for Denver, they did need that depth with Gordon and Murray being out there. And they also scored a first round draft pick, even with it being towards the bottom. They're obviously a team that needs some young energy infused in there, especially with danger bust at quarterback. So they're going to need all the weapons that they can possibly get. I think overall, I got to say, that's an A plus for the Dolphins. I give a B to the Broncos um, just because, like I said earlier, they don't know whether they're, you know, half foot in the door, or half foot out of the door need to figure out whether they're trying to compete this year or whether they're punting to next season.
1: Yes sir, I agree on all accords. Absolutely. And that takes us so
0: we're going to talk about the Steelers uh two trades in one breath. So we've got the first one, we've got Pittsburgh receiving William Jackson the 3rd for a conditional 7th round pick. And Washington or a 2025 conditional seventh round pick, and Washington receives a 2025 conditional sixth round pick. Now, the Steelers also traded away Chase Claypool to the Bears for a 2023 second round draft pick. This is curious to me because they're making a move to add on defense and subtract on offense when their defense is already their strength and their offense is already. Struggling a decent amount this season Help me make sense of this But also let's go ahead and give a grade To all three
1: teams here So let's be real um, Washington I'm going to be short and sweet with this one Because it's stupid um, I think The Claypool trade You give it a C across the board I mean I'll give oh, who, who did I trade with the For for Claypool It was it's a team that, yeah, a team that's not going anywhere.
0: And the Bears so, was the second the, overall draft pick, yeah, second so, draft pick for this
1: year. Bears reached on Claypool. Like, so I'll give the Steelers a B because you get rid of Claypool, but you still get the same, like the same draft stock that you got him for, because I'm pretty sure he was a second round pick. Um, you get that back. So like yeah. you I'll give you your B because you get that back. I don't like that you traded him away, but I mean he was inconsistent for you. And it was definitely it's it's the same thing in the in the sense of get trade him away while he's hot. Then Claypool was still going to garner you a good draft pick, hence the second round pick. The Bears you reached with this second round pick, I probably would have. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have gave him as low as a fifth. I probably would have gave him as high as a fourth. Like he wouldn't have. Got, he would have got a fourth, maybe a third. But this gives Justin Fields somebody to throw to. But at the same time. Do we really believe Claypool would have re-signed with the with the Steelers? Maybe not. You might have been able to get him in free agency, but maybe this works out because you get him on his rookie contract, as opposed to having to try to pay him somewhat big bucks. So maybe yeah. this works out for you. So I'll, I'll. It's a little bit better now that I've explained it out loud. <laughs> I'll give it a I'll give it a B minus for the, for the Bears. And the the Washington trade, I don't know much about the corner that they gave he up. lost
0: his way off the depth chart. He hasn't played that's, in like four or
1: five weeks. That's what I thought. Like, I remembered his name, but I'm like, his name's been hardly talked about. So, you know, Washington, you get a C. And Steelers, you get a C. Like, I think that's just a C straight across the board.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. I, I think that William Jackson isn't, going to be a huge impact on the Steelers' defense um i also think that 2025 draft picks that's three drafts from now i gotta say overall like it's not like they got waxed or anything i think that chicago i'm gonna give them a c plus for getting claypool because that's a receiver that they're gonna have two to three years of control on somebody for fields to throw to. So that helps you both this year and in the next couple of years. And for the Steelers, I'm going to go ahead and say that like, see across the board, like you said, I think that a second round draft pick has tremendous value and could turn out into something, but the Steelers are going to be, they're going to be bad for a little bit anyway. And, Kenny Pickett needs weapons out there to gain confidence and gain experience. So taking away a weapon from him, not necessarily the best thing, not necessarily what you want to do if you can help it. And also, like, William Jackson, not a, not a great pickup. And for the commanders, I got to say, like, D- minus on the 2025. Like, all they got out of this is a 2025 conditional sixth-round pick. Not a lot mm-hmm. of value there. Also, they're probably going to forget that they even got this pick by the time the draft comes around three years from now. Hopefully someone new owns the team. Uh, Overall, just not a lot of value for anyone. Um, And so we're just going to move on to our last two trades. Um, This one, TJ Hawkinson, a fourth-round pick and a conditional fourth-round pick in 2024 go to the Vikings, where Detroit receives a 2023 second-round pick and a 2024 third-round draft pick.
1: I hate this trade. I hate this trade so much for the simple fact. First of all, you traded in your division. I'm never doing that. I'm never doing that. I don't care whether I be somewhere, whether I'm going to be a playoff team or not. I'm not trading within my division. It's crazy. That's insane. I'm not doing that. That's dead. That's number one. Number two, why would the Lions trade away your most productive receiver? Tight end. Right. He's your most. He's he's been the most productive and consistent, and has the best chemistry with, with Jared Goff. So why would you trade that away? You need. It's not going to help your defense that much. And it's your not gonna a lot of the help. last
0: year of this contract. either, Yeah, man. To see
1: him next year as well. Yeah, like Great. I don't understand it. Yeah, Vikings. You get an A from me.
2: Oh, Forgetting yeah, this guy.
1: Forgetting him. You get an A from me. For the for the the Lions. You get a. You, I don't. You get a C. You get a C from me. I don't care that you got a second and a, 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 what is it, second and a fourth, second and a third?
0: Second and a third, but the third's in 2024.
1: But the third's in 2024, so who cares? But also,
0: the the Vikings got a fourth round pick, or two fourth round picks back from it.
1: That just made it worse. <laughs> I, that, that's what I'm saying. Like this is a bonehead that That's a that's a terrible trade for the Lions That just dropped. They get it. That that's a D. I'm sorry. I just my great change. That's a D. Because you like I said, you got rid of your most productive player offensively for a weak draft. Yeah, y'all. That was so stupid.
0: A receiving stupid. tight end is not a commodity in this league that you let go very often.
1: Especially since we're in a passing league. This is a passing league. Remember that.
0: That's why you don't see the Kelseys and the Andrews of the world moving from their teams. We're in a passing league. You need a big tight end to really make an impact. And the fact that the Lions had a young tight end on a young team who's trying to compete with not just this year, but another year they could take his fifth year option on to next year. The fact that they traded him away to a division rival, like I got to give it an F to the Lions because like if they would have traded Hawkinson for straight up a second and third, I'd have been like, all right, that's a solid trade. That would have been a B for me. But the fact that they also lost two other draft picks, you, you gained barely anything as far as draft capital. And that just doesn't make any sense to me. It's a bonehead move. You lost a receiving
2: tight end who probably right now you could say what? Five. Oh, lost your audio.
1: Lost my audio. Oh, or maybe it was. It just it it the camera did some weird thing, and I yeah, thought yeah, I did. I, saw I thought it, I didn't I hear saw you. It
0: skip. I was just kind of. Did you hear me calling boneheads and everything?
1: I heard bonehead, and then like that's when the thing happened. I'm like, oh wait a minute, and, and I didn't know I, I, how the thing was happening. It, it just like your 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 camera went off, and I just assumed when it when it went off, it got quiet, so I assumed that you were you might have been talking and that's not what was happening. But anyway.
0: No, I think I came to a stop. I don't know. We'll see. We're just leaving all the errors in here, folks. It's been a bumpy ride so far today, but y'all are going to listen to all of it because we're just going to give you authentic, unfiltered, whatever the hell is going on around these parts. (laughs) Uh, Roll it. Skype's being kind of moody today, but that's okay because we only had one trade left to talk about. And to me, because it's my favorite team, (laughs) one of the most important trades out of all of these. And also it is kind of one of the bigger pickups, picking up an all pro linebacker and Roquan Smith, Baltimore Ravens receive Roquan Smith. They trade away some dude named AJ Klein, a second round pick and a fifth round pick.
1: Ravens got a good deal out of this. You get a pass rusher who can also, unless you um, outside of putting him in man coverage. He's a good zone linebacker, right? If you have to put him in a, a zone defense, that's good for them because he can he can cover his area pretty well, pretty effectively. And he's a great, great pass rusher. So I think they addressed two needs in one in getting him. And pass rusher was definitely one, and I think they addressed that perfectly. I just wish they would have went out and traded for a receiver. I, I just I just wish it. I just wish they could have traded for a receiver.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely not mad at this. They are they definitely traded for him with the hopes that they can extend him. Being 25 on hit the fifth year of his rookie deal, they're definitely going to try and extend him here. And it's a huge pickup. The defense has been missing pass rush. Jason Pierre-Paul was a great pickup to help with that. And he's made an impact. But now adding that extra player, like you think about it, the Ravens probably were one or two pieces away as far as just getting pressure on the quarterback. Mm -hmm. on the defense because they have a decent secondary. If they can stay healthy on the secondary, and I think right now going from Thursday to Monday without playing, that's a huge win for them because they're – I think there was something like they're going to have played one game in 23 days at some point this month.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Not a lot of Ravens football in November. And they're getting healthy. They're upgrading the team. Deshaun Jackson's probably going to be playing on – Uh, Monday night against New Orleans, and now they have Robon Smith with pretty much almost a full week to make sure that he's ready and available for that Monday night game. I think it's a great pickup. I think that this takes the Baltimore defense to another level, but I am hugely disappointed that they didn't trade for a receiver. So for this trade, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Bears, in my opinion, they get – for a second-round pickup, I got to say that's probably a B-plus for the Bears with him being mm-hmm. on last year of his contract and knowing that they're probably not going to be able to extend him. And for the Ravens, I got to say, like, that's a an that's A-minus a- for me. You found a spot that you needed <clears throat> to upgrade in, and you went out and you got a high-quality player. This reminds me of when they traded Minnesota for Yannick Ngakwe. Back when they still had um oh man, who was on the other side of that that pass yeah. rush? Duvernay. No, not Duvernay.
1: Why am I thinking? Oh, this? you're talking about Doomerville. Doomerville.
0: Doomerville. Doomerville. That's who I mean. When they had <laughs> Rockway and Doomerville on the line, that was that was a duo to be reckoned with right there.
2: And yes, it was.
0: Now that they've got Roquan Smith over there, they combine him with JPP, Colias Campbell, Patrick Queen. That's starting to look like a defense that you don't want to mess with.
1: Yeah, I I didn't get out my grades, but I think I have the same grades as you. A minus for the Ravens and a B. Would you say B plus? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's fitting for this um, because we know the Bears are rebuilding and the Ravens are only trying to improve for this year, which great, love it, fantastic, and that's all fine and well. I I'm fine with everything. I just wish they would have gone to the Jets. The Jets had two receivers that they would would have probably traded away. And just to, I'll say this. Maybe it would have depended on what they were asking for those two receivers.
0: Yeah, but like the fact that you could have gotten a Claypool for a second. I mean, obviously, they yeah. traded away their second this year, and they're not going to trade the Steelers. But the fact that yeah. they could have gone out there and gotten somebody that level for a second overall pick... It makes me wonder why they didn't pull the trigger there. I think mm-hmm. that Greg, Bo- Greg Roman probably says, we're a running team. We feel comfortable. But that's yeah. why we don't fuck with Greg Roman around these parts.
1: Because he doesn't <laughs> Not know at what all. he's talking about. Not at all. What's up, guys? It's J-Mar from the Zach and J-Mar podcast. Check out my new podcast, the Hitch and Hook podcast, along with my co-host, Mick Ransom where we talk all things NFL raw and unfiltered. Give us a follow on Twitter at Hitch underscore Hook. Again, follow us on Twitter at Hitch underscore Hook. Can't wait till you hear what we have to say.
2: And welcome back from our trade deadline coverage.
0: We're gonna stick with the NFL and we're gonna bring you some games over the weekend. Uh, Overall, there wasn't a lot of interesting action, but I think there's about five games that stand out from the weekend. We're going to go through those and talk about them. Number one, the podcast rivalry, Thursday night football, yeah. Ravens versus Buccaneers, and J-Mar, sorry
1: for your loss, bud. I feel sorry for my loss, but you know what? To be fair, I knew we weren't winning that game. I had no real hope of us actually winning that game. I knew what it was going into it. I knew how it was going to go down. I'm surprised the score was even closer than what it was. So, you know, it is what it is. Two and five, you know, roll the – or three and five, roll the dice, keep it rolling, keep it pushing. Good win for the Ravens, though. I, I, I wasn't too mad because I still like the Ravens. So, I, I, it was a good win for the Ravens. They learned how – they closed out. You know what I mean? They didn't give up the game.
0: Right, and overall, uh, I got to say, I was just impressed when we went into halftime down 10-3. to 3. I wasn't too worried, but I will admit that I was a little worried. Overall, the Ravens wound up winning the game 27-22. to 22. Lamar Jackson, and what I've been saying for the last couple weeks is what? Lamar Jackson needs to be throwing the ball more. And Lamar Jackson, they finally got him back over 30 throws, 27 for 38 for 238 and two touchdowns. But that's not really the story here for me. The story is the fact that they were able to go multifaceted. They were able to pass. They were able to run. You've got, what is it, five people overall that had more than 30 yards, or I'm sorry, four people over 30 yards rushing. They were able to give it to multiple people in multiple ways. They were able to throw the ball. And also, with Mark Andrews going down early in that game, they were able to find who – I thought was going to be getting a bigger role this year and they were able to find Isaiah likely and really he had a breakout game and it was huge for the Ravens. I think that the Ravens defense and special teams overall, this was, I think the most complete win for the Ravens this season, they were able to do things on all sides of the ball. They didn't dominate, but they played good football in a close matchup against the Buccaneers who even though they've been struggling over the last couple weeks, they're still a good team in this league, and this is a statement win from the Ravens, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think it was a great win for the Ravens. I don't like the—I I hate that they lost a couple players in this game. Uh Gus Edwards and uh, Andrews didn't finish the game. I think Bateman was another one who didn't finish the game. Um, right. So I, I'm. I, it sucks that they lost those players, but it was a great game. Uh, Lamar didn't do too much. You know, not, he didn't try to overextend himself. He did. He gave. He did what the defense gave him because the Bucks defense played. Let's be real; they played pretty well for the most part. But it's only so much you can do when your offense can't put up points, which has been a trend for the last four or five weeks for the for the Buccaneers anyway. So, right. great win for the Ravens. I think this is a game that can propel them to. Do better and to learn how to win. not that they couldn't learn not that they didn't know how to win before, but this can kind of this gives you that idea of okay, we can win this way. How can we win in dominant fashion? We can win a close one or we can win a game that kind of has back and forth and we and, you know m- momentum swings back and forth. we need when we need to have a game where we are dominant, like completely dominant on both ends of the of the field. And I think this is a stepping stone to that and being able to control the way the game goes and control how the defense plays, right? Because you, what you want from your defense, you want your defense to get after the quarterback. All else, you want turnovers and for them to get after the quarterback. And for them to be able to do that, they have to be consistent, precise, and they can't make mistakes. And I think this was a game where they minimize their mistakes and capitalize on their fortunes.
0: Absolutely. And another breakout star from the game was Justin Houston with back to back sacks on Tom Brady. That was back to back plays, if I'm remembering correctly. I was a little intoxicated. Back
2: Back to back, yeah.
0: And that was just really impressive to me overall, being able to see Justin Houston, who has been a contributor to the Ravens for quite some time now, but who has never really been that dominant force on the defense really step up in a primetime game and go out for back-to-back sacks to make Tom Brady the most sacked quarterback in the history of the NFL. But they kept getting pressure on him all night. They had three sacks, but Tom Brady was throwing the ball away a lot. And I, I understand your frustrations with throwing the balls away, but overall from the defense, they held your running backs. Once again, Leonard Fournette nine for 24 and uh, white, Four for nineteen, and Tom Brady got a rush in for one yard. But holding the Buccaneers' running backs like if you protect the run, team can't beat you. And I know that we talked a lot about people who did make trades earlier, but the fact that the Buccaneers didn't try and trade to get a running back that could actually help them surprises me. And they're in deep trouble if they can't figure something out with Leonard Fournette and get him going again. But you heard what
1: you said, nine for twenty something, four for whatever. That's only that's not even that's fifteen carries, man. And then in, the entire game, yeah. That's part of the pro- run. They're not running the ball. It's like you, you just said it, right? We didn't go pick up a running back. It's because they like their running back room. Fine, whatever. If you like your running back room, run the freaking ball.
0: Yeah, you got to be able to you mix it up, up sometimes. Up
1: so much. Run the ball. Like, there was no point in the game where there was no need to run the ball. Obviously, except for when we're down and trying to throw ourselves back into the game, obviously. But they're not trying to run the ball. We have third and ones, and we're in shotgun. Right. We have, you know, third and threes, or we had a a second and seven, and you idiots want to run an end around. That pushes you back four yards before you can get positive yards. It's, it doesn't make it, it make it make sense. But that all goes back to play calling. Like, we have terrible play calling. Now, I will say the Bucks. this... What did they do? They brought back Tyler Johnson. They signed him uh, earlier this week. Resigned him, and they re-signed his safety. So, you know, whatever to that. But mm-hmm. you get back Tyler Johnson, who... He wasn't the greatest receiver on the Bucks, but he could be shorthanded. It wasn't always shorthanded. He was inconsistent. But in my mind, he was a player that we should have never cut, especially considering the performance he had in the preseason where he had over, like, 12 catches and, like, 100 or something yards to like, the four games that, or three games that they played. He should have never been cut. If you ask me, Scotty Miller should have been cut. And he mm-hmm. wasn't. And we got rid of Johnson, and I'm not saying he's he's a he was a key component, and that's why we're playing bad, because, no, we're just playing bad because we're bad. The offensive line is, is bad, or not, not bad. They're not great because they're allowing pressures. Now, and now we're starting to see the, the linemen get to Brady a little bit more, like not even off pressures. I mean, like actual sacks. That's another issue. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, because Brady finalized his divorce, I'm very curious how things go now, because he can put that behind him and fully focus on football. because you know that weighs on you when you go when you're dealing with divorce stuff, and you know you gotta talk about all that stuff. like I'm sure that weighed on him now, this divorce is behind him. It's all about football now. So can they get it together? I mean, he does time. have kids not that much time, but you got some time. You ain't got that much time, and you're going up against the Rams. This week, which the Rams ain't that great either.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, but if they lose to the Rams, I would pretty much call your season over.
1: I would call it done, too.
0: Because the Rams
1: struggling, struggling all six.
0: year. If they can't capitalize on that after three straight losses, then they're done for.
1: Shoot, bro. Is it three? Let me see. I, I'm thinking it's four. No, it is three. They yeah.
0: First time Tom Brady oh, ever lost three it. games in a row in his career.
1: We've been so bad, I'm thinking we're on a four-game losing streak.
0: Yeah, uh, it's definitely been a rough month for your team. I'm just kind of happy that the Ravens now, they're in sole possession of first place. They finally have made some upgrades on defense. I hate that they didn't go out to get a receiver, but they're coming up on an extremely easy part of their schedule. And starting off that easy part of the schedule with a big win against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, that's all you can ask for right there. And as a result of that loss, funny enough, the Falcons and Panthers played a game on Sunday that was for first place in your division. Yep, yep. and that was a Good game. That was an overtime thriller, I guess you could call it. Um,
1: I call it a thriller I, because of how we got to overtime.
0: Yeah, I just can't believe that you know both of those teams stepped up and scored over thirty points took it to overtime i mean obviously it's not the end of the season it's not like they're playing for the division title or anything like that right now but the fact that the uh at that time three and four falcons were going off against the two and five panthers for first place nobody i don't think anybody could have thought that your division would have been the worst division in football this season
1: i didn't think it would be the worst but i definitely thought it would be in the bottom because of the teams that are there, I, I definitely felt like that 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 division's fairly weak, and and honestly, it, like I, like we said, it was the Bucks' divisions to lose, and they're losing. So they
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: they're losing. Uh, I don't think the Panthers are great. I think the Falcons are good. I think they're like they're like the Titans to me in the sense right. that they're not flashy. Like they're not they're not that. Great, but like they're going to fight hard and play hard and do, and they're going to have big plays. There's going to be big play moments. Like that's how I feel about the Titans. Is the way I feel about the Falcons right now. And for them to be where they are is pretty great, considering all that they have, especially on the defense. And that yeah. was a bomb win for Marcus Mariota and Young Wei Hoku. <laughs> yeah. is
2: that is that how
0: you uh is that how you pronounce that?
1: Probably not.
2: <laughs>
0: I, I don't know. Ever since the memes, like, you know, I don't really like my old chick, but that young Hoku. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about.
2: Yes. <laughs> That's the only
0: reason I even know that guy. It's <laughs> the only reason yeah. I even know that guy. But overall, Phillip Walker, Mr. PJ, he's impressing me, even in a loss. I mean, the fact that he went out there and threw for 300 yards, like, he was an XFL quarterback, but. He's proving that he belongs in at least a backup conversation in a league. And that's good to see, especially with, did you see that the
1: XFL announced the teams for the new comeback? I did see that. I'm, I'm excited. I did see that. I tried to get, to, I tried to be a writer for them. They, they didn't reply to me, but that's neither here nor there.
0: Yeah. I tried to do that the first time they rebooted as well. So I feel your pain. I was also <laughs> thinking about going out there and trying out for tight end, but that's beyond the point. I'm not, I, I was about 70 guy. pounds ago. <laughs> But uh, DC defenders. Uh, I'm all team DC defenders because I was last time and I am this time again. I only. It would be cool if uh, what was that guy from Ohio State? Um, I can't remember his name right now. Like uh, Cardell Jones. Yeah. Yeah, if he could come back, that would be dope. I liked having him as my quarterback.
1: But it was chill. I'm wondering we might be able to get some tickets. I might try to get some tickets today. I just want to. I just want to go.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to see an XFL game. Shit, maybe we can do an XFL podcast.
2: Shit, I maybe mean, they don't
0: want us as writers, but we can uh, we can get in there as like the DC Defenders official podcast. If anybody from the DC Defenders is listening, check us out. We're here. we're, yeah, here. we're available. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, whatever. You need our contact info? Have your people talk to our people
1: for hey, our own people, I'll, but that's beyond the point. I'll, I'll shoot. I'll shoot a DM to them. I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, hey, check this out. <laughs>
0: All right, well, that's on the agenda for after the podcast. See if we can shamelessly plug ourselves into being at least the DC Defenders' (laughs) official podcast, if not the XFL podcast. We're up for sale. We're up for sale. Pay me enough money where I can quit my job. Please. If if anybody I'm working with is listening to this, that's a joke.
2: I love my job. (laughs) Um, But overall... uh,
0: the Falcons are kind of decent, and that's surprising. Always love an overtime game. I low-key hate when an overtime game ends on a field goal, but that was a really exciting matchup. I think that P.J. Walker, he's really starting to establish himself in the league. And, I mean, Moore is making the best of his – opportunity. not Moore. Foreman is making the best of his opportunities with not having Christian McCaffrey in front of him in the running back room now. With three touchdowns and 118 yards, I'm surprised he didn't get traded after that game.
1: You know what though? I I'm curious with the way the Panthers are playing these last couple games. Do you think they'll extend their interim head coach to a a long term deal? No. You got you mean you're playing with house money.
2: No, definitely not.
0: They're still
1: two and six. But I mean, mean, they've been playing better better than what they were with Rule.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't mean that he's good. Rule was just really bad, so you know puke well, looks better than shit, you know what I'm saying? By
1: the time Rule had all these players that by the time Wilkes got the job, Baker wasn't even playing.
0: I mean that's fair, but overall I still think he would have to do something crazy, like get them to like seven and ten or whatever. He would have to do something crazy, like have them sniffing a playoff berth for him to get that job. I believe that a lot of people have learned from the college coach thing. If the Panthers don't go off after one of the more predominant coordinators in the league in the offseason, then they're just throwing away their money. Eric Bieniemy. Somebody needs to sign Bieniemy. That's for damn sure. And you just look at it. Mike McDaniel made a huge impact in uh, Miami. Like, a lot of these coordinators, like, Shanahan was a coordinator before. All of them, like, just sign coordinators. Sign professional NFL head coaches who have been in professional NFL locker rooms. Stop going for the college coaches, because it almost never works out. Never. (laughs) And I guess that'll take us on to our next game. This one, I feel like a lot of people were probably shocked, but I would – call this far from a shocker the giants are a fake ass six and two team (laughs) and the seahawks have been a surprising five and three but they've been a strong five and three team (laughs) and the giants i think got exposed a little bit against the seahawks with uh, let's be honest a lot of people have been trying to give daniel jones his due say that they should extend him and he's a good quarterback now, and this that and the third. Daniel Jones is very much the 17 for 31 for 176 and no tutties. That that is Daniel Jones's bread and butter. He's had a few really good games this season. They've gotten away with quite a few mistakes this year and were able to hold on to some games that they should have lost. But overall, like as soon as you take Barkley out of the oh, equation. Yeah then you're able to actually hone in on Jones, play a game, and the Seahawks just showed the Giants' weaknesses. And Geno Smith, once again, he didn't have a great game, but he's playing much better football. And overall, I think that we're to the point where we can talk about a Geno Smith contract extension because he's proven himself to be, week in and week out, a legitimate starter in this league.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I'm back on my mic charged up enough we're good to go but (laughs) but yeah I um Gino's grown on me I'm a fan I I we talked last week about him potentially being an MVP and I I'm I see it I I can see it I don't think he'll win it obviously it's too many it's too many powerhouses going around for him to probably win it if they keep going but, in this direction, I don't think it's but, out of the conversation. I don't think it's I don't think it's out of it because he was before this week. He was top ten quarterback wise as far as stats because he was 11, 11 tutties, three picks, and had over like a thousand. Like I think either over eleven hundred or close to eleven hundred. But um, yeah. <clears throat> he's played great. You know, he's played like Russell Wilson play, plays in that offense. Yeah, and to see that is fantastic phenomenal and great in and all of of itself but he's doing it so effectively so efficiently right that it that it's it's unbelievable that this is the guy who was once a jet and a giant and was garbage and the only thing he was known for was breaking uh eli manning's iron man streak yeah
0: and what he was saying that the head coach and the GM that were responsible for that wound up getting fired pretty much just because of that.
1: Literally. I mean, I would have fired him too. Cause why would you, had no reason to do that. You had no reason to do that.
0: Yeah. But I think we're really starting to see is, is that Gino Smith, like all it took was some coaching. And I think this really answers the question. Like, was it Russell Wilson or was it Pete Carroll? That was the reason that the Seahawks were bad the last couple of years. And I think that like, <laughs> It's been answered. It's over. Pete Carroll was not the reason yeah why
1: that it, it was yeah,
0: Pete Carroll is coaching his ancient ass off,
1: <laughs> not ancient. I mean, he is old. He's old, but jeez, ancient, but yeah, he is he's doing a hell of a job with that team. like, who would have known who would have thought that they'd be num- what aren't they number one in the division? I'm Ooh, pretty sure they're so I'm pretty sure they're number one in the division.
0: Yeah, because the Rams and the 49ers, like, they've been beating up on each other, but haven't been making too much noise against the rest of the league. I don't have the standing in front of me, but I believe that that is the case. Yep, first in the NFC West. Yeah. By a whole game.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy that that's even, that's even happening. But good for them. Like
0: this is- this isn't one of the games for our week, but isn't it kind of surprising that the Cardinals are three and
2: five?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because it, honestly, once I heard, uh, D hop was getting suspended. I knew they weren't going to be that good. How long because is he suspended for? He was suspended for six, six games.
0: What performance enhancers? I actually, yeah, don't yeah, that. yeah
1: it, it was performance enhancer. Which could be, which could be a number of things. It might not even be necessarily something that actually improved him. It could have just been something that's on the, that's not approved by the NFL. It could be something as minor as that. Like, I feel like, I feel like it's one of those things. He got prescribed something and it's just not on the NFL's list. It's like, you know, you know, like a UFC thing or something like where, oh, it's just not, this is not on our prescribed list of drugs for you to take. And it's like, well, my doctor gave it to me. So.
0: Well, that's the thing. You're always supposed to take whatever you're being prescribed by your personal doctor to the team doctor and they're supposed to investigate that. That's why typically like I'm on board with the like there's no excuses because if your personal doctor prescribes you it. Yeah, you might need it, but you also need to clear it with the league because there are exemptions for certain things. Like if you t- yeah. like can show the league that you're diagnosed with something, but that's a little off topic. But yeah, yeah, I didn't even like. I fully missed the fact that he was suspended. I'm not really tuned in that much to the NFC West.
1: I don't blame you because most of them are not good. I mean, they're getting better. I mean, I don't think the Rams are, but everybody else is kind of getting better. Cardinals are going to be up and down all year. Um,
0: Wait, it says D. Hopkins played on Sunday.
1: Yeah, he plays playing now. Oh, the six the games, game The six games is already, games already are, over. Yeah, 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 yeah. He came back. Um, was it whatever the Thursday night game against Saints uh, like last week?
0: Gotcha. Is Hollywood Brown hurt?
1: Yes. he. Okay. I think he got a foot injury, I think it is.
0: Uh, that makes sense.
1: That's why they ended up going to get uh Robbie Anderson. Right. And he hasn't done much since he's got I mean, I didn't expect nothing the first game, but he hasn't done nothing yet. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, I was just, I, I thought the Cardinals were going to be good. Like I said, I'm not too tuned into that team, but that's surprising. It yeah. that has nothing to do with what our next topic is, though. Well, I guess the command yeah. does. Same division. We're going through the whole NFC West today with that Rams 49ers game.
1: Uh, well, that game went how I thought. I had the Niners winning that game, and Christian McCaffrey showed off, showed his ass off. Three My t- fantasy three team, tutties.
0: thanks you, sir. My <laughs> three fantasy tutties. team, thanks you, Christian Three McHaffrey. tutties,
1: one passing, one rushing, and one receiving. He had the trif the touchdown trifecta, and it was a bomb
0: that he threw for thirty four yards. I know, like, right? He that's looks like crazy. a natural quarterback.
1: I know that's and Jimmy insane. He
0: had himself a game too.
1: I oh, did it now. Enlighten me. What were his? That? I was so caught up in in Christian, I didn't even know yeah. what G- what Jimmy did.
0: He was twenty one to twenty five for two thirty five and two tuddies.
1: Oh, that's a great game. That's a great game. Yeah, so against hey, man, the Rams defense, a fellas, still. against the Ram a uh, Rams defense that we bolstered. That everybody bolsters about that front four and Jalen Ramsey, who I don't, I he's overhyped to me. But is, is Debo Samuel hurt? He 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 was he got hurt. He didn't play this game. I think he got hurt. Uh, I don't know if it was in practice or he was just been out all week for practice, but yeah, he didn't play in this game. Gotcha. Yeah. Made me have to adjust my fantasy lineup.
0: I didn't have Debo in any of my leagues, but I I can't wait to see Christian McCaffrey and Debo like really playing on the like full fledged offense on the same field. Like they are going to be a show when they're both out there because they're both like, they can both do what Christian McCaffrey did on Sunday. I was saying it last week. When you have two players of that caliber, who can receive, who can run the ball, and apparently one of them at least can throw. That's insane mm. to me. Mm. But overall like the the Rams are bad.
1: <laughs> like yeah, I don't the think Rams, there's any the Rams ins- are, ins- ins- are not ins- good about it
0: at this point. At the three, Rams four,
1: offensive line is awful. Matthew Stafford took a Huge nosedive compared to last year. I mean, I, mean, I, guess I would they take got a nosedive dive too, for, right? I I would take a nosedive too if I'm getting beat up every damn game. His line sucks. I'm not saying like, like it's all his lines fault again. Yeah, I'm not saying all of it's their fault because he's definitely made some stupid bonehead throws for interceptions. But like, my God, you got rid re- and no, not, not got rid of Andrew Whitworth retired, and it just looked like that line just. Went to, went to shit, to are Bad.
0: <laughs> well, Andrew Whitworth, he was another one that was ancient as hell. Like he was, yeah, he was gray like forty hair, plus. He like was 40, He was yeah. Like. It was
1: old as dirt. But he was yeah. he was still good. He was still you know being able to keep the line together. But everything, yeah. all that's changed, man. That whole, I think that whole line has actually changed. I think it's like two or three new players on that offensive line. It's they're banged up. They they can't run the ball. Cam Akers doesn't get any time anymore. They basically are saying you're, and I, I think I'm pretty sure now they put him on like basically like you're inactive, like you're not gonna play. Uh,
0: I mean, well he he's just been bad. <sighs> I picked him very early on in fantasy, and I've been pissed about it all season.
1: Cam Akers it.
0: is not half of the running back that we thought he would be for sure.
1: Uh, Allen Robinson has done next to nothing. Yeah. Um, on this team, but also this team isn't. I was I was excited for Robinson, and now looking at it, this style of offense that the Rams run isn't conducive to the type of receiver he is.
0: Well, it's almost like they're they're starting to run that boring ass West Coast. Just there's no flavor to their offense right now, and in that division, when you're yeah, going it's,
2: against,
1: it's, it's all Cooper Cup,
0: <laughs> yeah. And you can't just throw some, like, just Cooper Cup out there and a couple white guys that look like Cooper Cup and think <clears throat> that you're going to
1: succeed. Yeah. He's got, right, a
0: yeah. Num- he's got a number on his jersey. They're not fooling anybody.
1: But they still can't stop that, man.
0: I mean, they're doing a lot better of stopping him than they did early in the season. I'm not saying that they're shutting him down or anything. But, I mean, 8 for 79, that's not the Cooper Cup
1: numbers that we came to expect. He's still getting almost ten catches, though, like that like that's the thing. Like it might not be the the yards might not be as uh, extravagant or as exciting. um, but he he's still getting you're still he's still getting the ball. He's still getting eight catches. That's probably the that might be his lowest game, I think. yeah, and that and I don't even know was he did he finish that game? It said something about him being hurt, or at least I saw a report about it.
0: I'm not 100. I don't think that he's hurt. Uh, yeah, he had an ankle injury. Never mind, I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, so maybe, maybe that's part, part of play. it. <laughs> yeah, he'll so he'll be fine. He'll be fine. But yeah. you know, you got to throw to somebody other than Cooper Cup, man. But I think they're getting Van Jefferson back, so that should help them out. But I don't think they're. I just don't think that line is going to mm-hmm. hold up enough for them to do what they want to do. They like and to they run a lot of. to better? Yes, they 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 like to run a lot of uh motion plays and stuff like that but they like to run a lot of crosses like they're a very cross cross drag type team where you get get the underneath you get caught up in the underneath and then there's the over the top or the intermediate you know what i mean so i think that that line needs to protect because a lot of these routes take time and that offensive line can't hold up for it to work
0: yeah, I agree. Overall, like uh, they got their Super Bowl. They got what they traded for. Those fans can't be disappointed, but they still can't be... I don't know. You can't just go be real average and boring. Like Sean McVay, he's one of the higher-paid head coaches in the league for a reason. He needs to get a little bit more creative with what he's got. Use Higby for some blocks. I mean, if you use him for blocking more, that's going to open him up for receiving more, right? You go in there, yeah. <clears> you put him in for blocking, and then you can start running some trick plays where they think that he's going to be blocking, and then the next thing you know, he's running halfway down the field past you, and it's going for a tutty.
1: Yeah, it's, but, it's rough for them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, but, hey, I mean, they got their they got their Super Bowl out of it. Like They put it all on the table. They pushed all the chips towards the center. They got their Super Bowl. Overall, though, I think that the 49ers are probably going to wind up winning this division after Christian McCaffrey's performance. I don't think that we're – I don't think that there's any way to talk about how amazing he was accurately on Sunday. The fact Mm. that he threw, ran, and received, he was just all over the field dominating, and that's the Christian McCaffrey that we kind of missed. And I know that he had a little bit of injury trouble this year, but this is the first year where we're going to have a mostly – Healthy Christian McCaffrey as long as he can stay that way. And it's gonna be exciting to watch every Sunday.
1: Well, I think with the Niners, he won't be he'll be healthier because it's the Niners and they don't they're not gonna run him into the ground like the Panthers did. Yeah, so, exactly. I think it I think this is the best of both worlds for them.
0: Once Debo is back, they can realistically kind of pick which one of them they're going to use for the game or even pick which one of them they're going to use for the half as, like, the number one option for,
2: Mm.
0: you know, being that guy running all over. And then the other one can just kind of focus on their sole job. Like, you know, you can just have McCaffrey in as a running back in the first half and then have Debo running all over the place and then switch it and have Debo just as a wide receiver. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I got you. You can
0: give them snaps off without giving them snaps off.
1: And that's gonna Shanahan is gonna love every bit of that. He's got oh, it's like absolutely. it's like having new toys and not knowing what to do, right?
0: Like you just got six video <clears throat> games for Christmas. Which one are you gonna play first?
1: Yes, man. <clears throat> uh, I I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah,
0: and that's gonna bring us to our last game from the week. I thought that this was a surprising upset by the Browns beating the Bengals on Monday Night Football. I didn't actually catch too much of this one, but from what I did watch, it just seemed like the Browns had control. I don't know if that was an accurate. Assessment
1: the Bengals volume. the Bengals severely missed Jamar Chase. Seemed like they were severely missing a lot of field goal attempts too. They were missing a damn O line too. Yeah. It was a lot. It was like the the Browns just dominated them, bro. It started off being eight zero and I'm like, okay, whatever. Eight nothing. Whatever. <laughs> Then the Bengals kept doing nothing. Kept doing nothing. Then the the Browns scored again. Then it was like fifteen nothing.
0: Why did and they like, go for two on that first score? That's one of the things that I did I, catch. That was weird as hell.
1: I have no idea. I don't know because it's not like the Bengals score like at that crazy of a clip where you have to go like, yo, I need to put up eight. Like if it, if this was the Bills, then okay, yeah. I get it. But I don't. I don't understand this whatsoever. I didn't understand it whatsoever, but it worked out, I guess, because they ended up trouncing them like 30-something to 12.
0: 32
1: to 13. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like trash. <laughs> God, they got a blitz. I I cut it off, honestly, once I saw it was 25 nothing. I said, all right, I'm done with this, and I went on about the rest of my night. See, They got they didn't, trounced.
0: If they didn't go for two, it would have been funny. We would have had two black and orange teams playing on Halloween, and then it would have been 13 to 31. <clears throat> that would have been some spooky
1: shit. That would have been some weird. That would have been some wild shit on Halloween at that. That would have been great. But, yeah, I don't know what to make of this Bengals team. Right? Like, you guys. Wildly
0: inconsistent.
1: Oh, you, yeah. You you get on a nice run. We think, all right, the Bengals are back. We're back to seeing um, who they Bengals. You know what I mean? And then you guys shit the bed bad. That's
0: a division rival in a primetime game when you could have been tied for first place.
1: Against the Toilet Bowl Browns. I just With Jacoby uh, Brissett
0: as their quarterback.
1: Yeah, with Jacoby Brisket as their quarterback. And Amari I, Cooper for a single snap as their quarterback. I, <laughs> I, what a that horrible was, fucking that was throw. T- that was. I was just about to say that was such a god-awful throw. That was such a god-awful throw, man. But i uh, My god, that game was just ugly. Like Joe Burrow was getting beat up again. Yeah, like, well, you, I mean, you, they you,
0: never actually made improvements to that offensive line. They were just no.
1: performing better. Right, but you you figure all right, they perform better. The line is starting to get some continuity. We might be we might have something here. And then you go against the 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 Browns, who are uh, like their best pass rusher, obviously is Miles Garrett. But all I will say, five times. Yes, and I'll say part of it is Conklin went out. Jack Conklin, the left tackle, went out. And then that's when it all right. started going and started going down. But that's no excuse. We're all you're all NFL players. Y'all are professional football players. You 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 know fight through it. Like they played really bad, man. Like the Bengals really just played like they did not care. It, it didn't it showed.
0: Hey, I love it. Keep it going. <laughs>
2: that's
0: how I <laughs> feel about it. Just keep it going. What if the Browns make the playoffs? I hope not, because then Deshaun Watson's gonna be their starting quarterback. And I don't want to see Deshaun Watson in the playoffs specifically because the only place that I want to see Deshaun Watson is in a jail cell. Yeah, uh,
2: well
1: oh, we know no, that's not happening.
0: I mean, you never know. If there if there's twenty six or however many, I'm sure that there's a few more out there, and one of them, one of them I hope will get his ass because he's just scum of the earth and i hope it goes
2: to hell
1: yeah well good luck to the legislation for that and those chicks if they decide to say something and it gets you know pushed through court because you know it's it's only gonna go but so far because they already went through this once so yeah well fuck deshaun watson
0: (sighs) fair enough what's up y'all it's zach And I'm just here to thank you all for your overwhelming support over the last few weeks. We really appreciate all that you've done for us and thanks to you we've unlocked a new feature through Anchor, our podcasting platform. We've unlocked the Support a Creator feature. If you check the link in the description it will take you to a page that will allow you to donate to the podcast. That helps us get equipment and do everything that helps put the show together. Anyone who decides to donate $5 or more Will be sent a Zach and Jaymar sticker. All you need to do is DM me on any of my social medias with an address, and I will personally mail you a Zach and Jaymar sticker for helping
2: us out. Again, check the link in the description, and thanks for everything you do. All right, so last but not least, we're going to wrap up the
0: week with some NBA talk. Don't have a lot for you so far. It's still early in the season. But we do have one very interesting storyline to start the segment off with. And that is that the Nets have, quote-unquote, mutually agreed to part ways with Steve Nash in order to sign Celtics' suspended head coach, Udoka. I forget his first name. It's Ify Udoka, right? It's it's
1: Ime Ime Udoka.
0: Ime Ime Udoka. Mm -hmm. So... Yudoka, who was suspended for a full year, now gets out of his suspension by being signed by the Nets and gets to go right back to coaching and suffer no consequences to his actions.
1: I think they're still, I'm going to be real, I think they're still working through what his actual uh, consequences will be or should be. Excuse me. And I don't think that gives him a right to be looking for another job. Like, I don't think he has any, I don't think they should be allowed to even announce, oh, we're, you know, we're looking at Udoka. Nah, you need to wait. You need to wait and find out all you need to find out before you make this decision, because no. (laughs) Let's be
0: realistic, though. Let's be realistic. This was a team suspension. Like, he was suspended by the Celtics, not by the Mm, Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay, Okay. I get it. Big distinction, but the fact that the Nets are willing to go out and make this move when they've already got tremendous issues in the locker room. I know that Udoka was a good coach. He got his team to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, whatever, but you've already got enough toxicity in your locker room as far as Kevin Durant goes, as far as Kyrie Irving goes, as far as Ben Simmons goes. This is a bad team with a lot of toxic personalities all melding together into the locker room. And then you are going to take the workplace sexual harasser, allegedly, and make him your head coach. It just doesn't make any sense to me, especially after Kevin Durant tried to establish power in that franchise, tried to take over, pretty much force them to... Get rid of Nash, and then they wind up getting rid of Nash anyway, which to me just makes the Nets look weak. Yeah, well, Nash, Nash was a Kevin scapegoat.
1: Der- yeah, Nash Kevin was a der- scapegoat team, for though. all that shit. Yeah, Nash was a whole scapegoat for that shit, and it's not fair. But I'm not going to lie to you; I didn't like him being signed in the first place because he's had no experience as a as a coach at all, like none. At least I Steve Kerr, assistant
0: coach with the Lakers for a little bit. I was with the
1: Lakers. I thought but he was. It, I, I mean. Was he? I like, I, I genuinely, I, I made a joke about it, but I genuinely, I don't know. Was he?
0: I thought he was an assistant coach of the Lakers. I'm not 100% sure.
1: Was but, he a coach or like a, 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 I remember him being a part of, yo, he, I remember him with the Warriors. He wasn't a coach, but like, I think he was like working with step. Like, I think he was working like with players in the gym, like not like a fitness coach, but you know, one of those like strength and conditioning type play, something like that. Like, I think he had one of those roles. But I don't think he was an actual coach. I don't know what he was with the Lakers. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to now, that out no.
1: now, I'm, now, I'm now. Now I'm Now I'm interested.
2: I, I really no, he's, thought...
1: he's never coached professionally at any level, even as an assistant.
0: Okay. I don't know why I thought that he was an assistant for the Lakers, but I'm, you know he what? He must have been I like some type of consultant or something. I've seen some people saying that the Lakers should pick him up and get rid of Darvin Ham 5 games into the season.
1: Yeah, no. Don't do that. He's never coached, don't do that.
0: I mean, it's not <laughs> like it would be the same exact situation of his, him as a scapegoat. And I think that they need Darvin Ham around because they need that defensive-minded coach.
1: I'm about to say, yeah, and at least Ham was some type of a assistant coach, you know what I mean? Like he yeah. he prides himself on defense and like the defense for the Lakers hasn't been bad. They just can't shoot still. So,
0: yeah, and, like, Ham, he comes from the 2004 Pistons where the Lakers could use a little bit of that attitude in their locker room.
1: hmm mm-hmm. Most definitely.
0: But to bring it back to the Nets situation, all right, Steve Nash, maybe he wasn't a great hire, but at least Steve Nash, like, you know, he played the game. He was somebody that could have been a good mentor for Durant, Irving, Harden, Simmons... He could have been somebody who at least could get in their head and help them out with things. But in the end, I don't understand why they resented him so much other than the fact that they wanted to establish that they controlled the team and not the attitude. And I
1: think that's solely what it was. Like, I don't think it was anything with Nash. I think, I think they didn't like – I think Nash tried to assert himself as the head coach, and they didn't like it, and – because Nash, I can tell he doesn't have that authoritative voice or tone with him, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't right. scare you the way uh the way uh Doc Rivers can kind of put a little bit of fear into you the way the all these other coaches do. Um Tom Thibodeau, uh, uh I mean, Holes, all those things, you know like what I mean. Nash.
0: We can't just act like Nash is some type of bitch though. I mean when he No, nah, played-
1: no, nah, I'm not saying that at all. I just think He's, I'll say he's probably soft-spoken. I've never yeah. talked to the guy, but I he, he gives off soft-spoken, and that to a bunch of players who already think that they're tough shit, tough Tony, you know, they're top of the line. That's where you can where that boundary gets crossed. Where it's like, man, you can't tell me what to do, bro. You barely talk. Like you, you don't know. You don't know shit. Like stop, act, stop acting like this man wasn't a two-time MVP. And a leader in the locker room. Wins. Yeah, stop, that. stop. that That's the thing. Like, stop disrespecting Steve Nash like he was some scrub. He would have cooked. He would have cooked y'all if y'all played back then. I'm sorry, I don't care. He would have cooked y'all.
2: Oh, 100%. <laughs> he
1: would have like, cooked no y'all doubt about it. Like, and uh, the
0: man played with Kobe, so yeah. I'm sorry, but like, I mean, it was in the It was in person. his.
1: It was in his later years, but still, you played with but, Kobe and you played against Kobe. So, like, don't sit here and play that game. Like you. Like y'all know, y'all ain't y'all ain't won nothing. Neither uh, Kyrie won, but Kyrie won because of LeBron. Like Kyrie hit that shot, but let's be real, dog. Kyrie I can never be the
0: number one on a team.
1: Ever look at what happened with Boston? You, right. It's not it's not in your DNA, bro. You're not built like that. You are a Robin. Deal with it.
0: Yeah, that's facts. And I mean, the thing is, is that Kevin Durant he can't be Batman either. You got a whole bunch of Robins and no Batmans, but every Robin wants to be Batman, and that's going to be a problem there. Then you bring in Udoka, who he's not just going to roll over either. Like Workplace issues aside, allegations aside, he was a good coach for the Boston Celtics, but the thing is, that was a team of young players, so his word meant something in that locker room. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to be going with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons and they're not going to listen to shit that he has to say. And they're not going to give him the opportunity to make the impact that he's being brought over there for. Because the group of divas, I'm I'm going to start calling them the Spice Girls. <laughs> That's awesome. The Spice Girls in the Nets locker room are not going to allow Udoka to actually have a significant impact in that locker room. There's no way, and (laughs) as soon as he starts to try to establish himself the way that I'm sure he did in Boston with all those young players, the Spice Girls are going to go crying back to the general manager and the owner of the team and try and get him fired as well because anybody who doesn't align with their way of thinking, they want to get out of there.
1: Yeah, and it's not going to end. It's not going to bode well for nobody on that team. The Nets are going to be a lost cause for a couple of years.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you know, I w- I want to give the Spice Girls each a name. You you want to play this game with me? You want to give them what kind of spice they
1: are? Uh, I feel like I feel like <laughs> if you want to give me this, I can I can I feel like Katie's a little cinnamon spice.
0: <laughs> oh, you're giving them actual you're giving them actual I, names. I was gonna call them Burner little. Spice.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> Bro, oh. Okay. All right. I just feel like I feel like Katie a little sweet. You know what I'm saying? Like he. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like KD is a little sweet, bro. Because he's so he's so easy to upset. It's so easy to upset uh, KD off some simple, stupid shit.
0: That's fair. But, like, you know who's even easier to upset? Ben Simmons. And that's why he's Fragile Spice.
1: God, ben Simmons. I don't even want to talk about him. He's, 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 whatever. Whatever. And
0: then for Kyrie <laughs> Irving, you want to know what uh, his spice is?
1: Anti-Semitic.
0: I I was gonna go for anti-Semitic <laughs> spice, but I just decided to go batshit crazy spice. So we got the Spice Girls.
1: You can call there. them the say. You can call them the spicy sage. The men always like to burn sage everywhere.
0: That's fair enough. Even though he's the real demon.
1: <laughs> no, really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh shit! Oh. <gasps> And no offense to the Spice Girls But you know That's just the first thing that came to mind but The Spice Girls They're going to run his ass out of there Because they're divas And that's what they do And I'm tired of hearing about the Nets at this point Because they suck Yep Like Lost lost
1: to the Bulls tonight
0: How bad was it tonight?
1: Uh Was it by 10? Lost by 8 or 10 Let me see
0: 108 to 99 Alright God
1: yeah. damn The Nets are 2 and 6 Yep It's not looking good to them.
0: Here we go again with them. And it's funny. Oh, Kyrie Irving played 33 minutes and had four points.
1: Yeah, he was shut out in the first half. He had no points in the first half.
0: And Ben Simmons didn't play tonight? Is he hurt again? Yeah. Really he hurt his
1: feelings? Probably. His pride.
0: His pride. I mean, my pride (laughs) would be hurt, too, if after all that time he came back. And I think his first game he dropped four points. Or his and, first three games, I think four he points under and 10. four
1: points and in, in, in six fouls. <laughs> oh man,
0: this what a shit show of a team! And then they want to bring in this man who, like I already talked about, what was it? It was over a month ago at this point where I said that nobody in the locker room is going to be able to respect him. Let's bring somebody in with a respect problem, and maybe he will fix the divas in the locker room. That's brilliant, brilliant,
1: great. Yeah great idea I don't i've
0: never seen a level of mismanagement this great
1: yeah i don't know how that's gonna go for him but good luck to you bro <laughs> Yeah.
0: and that brings us to another team who has a bunch of superstars and has been shit in the bed lately and that's the los angeles lakers russell westbrook finally <clears> coming <throat> off the bench finally coming off the bench How how hard do you think he's crying
1: I mean, I think he's accepted it because it's been a, he's done it for like a couple games. So I think he's accepted it. He's probably not too happy, but he probably wants he. I know he wants out of there.
0: Yeah. I know. Well, no, even he though he bought a house over there, he bought a house by LeBron James.
1: Oh, okay. Well, he, hey, he expects it. to stay in there. He's area. gonna be he's gonna be upset when they probably trade his ass. <laughs> I but mean, the problem is the I don't
0: think to retire to in LA. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't even think it'll trade him because nobody wants his contract.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, the only thing that I could have seen happening is potentially like a Ben Simmons for Russell
1: Westbrook swap. Yeah, and, uh, and no. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I, I mean, can neither, see it, that's but not like good
0: for either team, really. Yeah, yeah. Like, right, right.
1: It's in the say like nothing changed. You just literally just you stomped in place.
0: Yeah, I guess the only difference is is that Ben Simmons afraid to take a shot. Russell Westbrook's afraid
1: to make a shot. Yeah, it's real rap. But I mean, him coming off the bench helped them. He got they got their first win because of it, um, beating the Nuggets. Uh, you know, so that helps. You know, now you're one in five. But maybe this is what you needed. Maybe this can be. You got your first win under your belt. Now let's see what you guys can do from here. I mean, he
0: scored eighteen points both times he came off the bench, as opposed to I think he had uh. Two points, ten points, and then nineteen. Another game.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: he's more efficient off of the bench, and also he's going up against like the second wave right there, like when most of the starters say, are out. Like, yeah, and I
1: was about to say it allows him to be the ball dominant player that he is coming off the right? bench.
0: And you can't have him being ball dominant with LeBron James on the court because LeBron will spread the ball out and give it to everyone, but then he gives it to Westbrook, and you're never getting that back
1: yeah nah <laughs> nah he's gonna shoot it off the top of the back boy bro it's a wrap <laughs> call that
0: blockbuster because it's going out of business if you lend it to him <laughs> <sighs>
1: oh i hate you <laughs> oh, i i hate you but you know good what for the lakers today? i it's, it's good content for me i love it <laughs> but uh, good job to the lakers you know you got your win your well you got your first win we'll see if that works out for you but if you still can't shoot you're still gonna be in the bottom of the west
0: yeah that's very very true <clears throat> I'm I'm pretty much done watching for right now. We'll see what comes of it later on. Um, Yeah,
1: talk to me and get around Christmas time.
0: (laughs) We are running out of time, so we can coin flip. You want to talk about the Cavs or the Warriors?
1: Let's talk about the Warriors because the the Cavs are doing okay, but they did okay last year, and you know we'll see what happens with them. But I I want to talk about the Warriors now. Yeah, you know what I mean? And they still have their... Most of their young rookies, so... Or young players. Yeah, very so. true. But uh, the Warriors, they're not dominating the way that we thought that they would coming into the season. Nope. We thought
0: they were fully back.
1: We did. And they lost to the Pistons, what, last night or the night before? Sheesh. The, the loss to the Pistons. So, is this a problem, or are we, just, are we just going for a couple bumps in the road? Like, that's the real question.
0: Uh, I... Hard for me to say at this point. I mean...
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. They lost tonight. Did they One, lose tonight? 116-109 to the Heat. And the Heat our are now... Heat are great. And now the, they have the same record now at 3-5. and five.
0: Hmm. Well, it looks like uh, our Thompson was back in the lineup tonight. I know he missed the last game. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not seeing a lot of production from their bigs, like over there with Looney and Green. It also looks like they're not getting a lot of bench production. I don't know. Uh, you think Jordan Poole's having trouble seeing the basket because of the
1: eye, or I—I I mean, I don't know. He—he he had a nice little run uh, last game where he—I sc- think he scored like twelve straight points for the, the uh, Warriors. So like he has—he's had nice runs, right? But once he cools off, he cools all the way off. Mm. And that's like that's kind of the thing. Like he's—he's—he's he's, he's good, but he's not consistent. And I mean, yes, it's an 82-game season. So for those who say, well, he's not going to play great every night, I get it. I get it. But when you – let's be real. Jordan Poole is a loud mouth. Oh, yeah, that's facts. I mean, he you didn't talk, get
0: punched in the mouth for no reason. For
1: no, yeah, he didn't get punched in the face for, for <laughs> nothing. So when you sit there and you talk that talk and you call yourself one of the – you consider yourself a splash brother and, you know, you sit up there and do all that stuff. And, it's more like a splash cousin. Yeah, basically. And you sit there and you do all of that. And you come out and, you know, you play well and then you play like crap the rest of the entire game. It's like, uh, what do I take from that? What are 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 you real? Are you for real? Are we just are you a facade? Are we just playing with you? Because they just paid you big money. So you need to start. You need to get it together. And he's going to be a key on whether the Warriors are really good or really bad. Yeah, I agree.
0: I think that they need to get that production out of him And. You're right. It is a long season, but also we need something to talk about on Tuesdays. So, you know, we go at it game by game. We talk about what's going on right now.
1: Right. Right. We have and no way
0: of knowing if these are going to continue, but we got to see trends and we got to address them as they're happening.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And Jordan Poole, I think Curry's a little bit on the struggle side too. Like he scores, like if I thought, if you haven't noticed, Curry will score like 30 points, but he'll shoot like 10 for ten for 30 from right. the field so like he yeah. gets his 30 But it's not an effective uh, efficient 30
0: right Yeah and then I mean that happens When you can't really score Any other way sometimes I mean I know that They still have um... Oh god why is that escaping me Right now Wiggins they still have Wiggins yeah. on the forward <laughs> but like Overall if you're not getting Any push from Green and
1: Looney starting at center now right Yeah he's a starting center so or, if
0: you're not getting any push from, Green I think and Blueby,
1: Wiseman is. Still, yeah, they got Wiseman coming off the, uh, off the bench.
0: So even throw him in there. If you're not getting any push from the three of those, like you should be getting at least ten points from one of those people. Just show them that you can take it to the basket with a big. You know, you got to switch it up a little bit, make the offense a little bit more versatile. But if you're not doing that and you're relying on that three-point shot so much, you're going to have nights like that. Wow, Sorry, and Curry, Curry has to take 30 shots.
1: Curry had a triple-double, too. He had 23 points, 13 boards, and 13 assists. Curry with 13 boards, that's a rare occasion. Yeah, but he gets boards, though. Curry actually, Curry connects a guard, yeah. Yeah, he gets a good, like, five, he can get you a good five, six boards a game.
0: Yeah. But Overall, like I wouldn't hit the panic button.
1: Obviously, it's no, no. Nah, I, nah. I thought that they would
0: come out the season seven and zero or whatever, and
1: yeah, I think they. Like, I figured by this point they would have maybe one loss, not five. Yeah.
0: Agree. Like I just figured they'd come out of the gate storming, but uh, so far it's really been the surprise teams who were who were doing that. I mean, you got the just Cavs. like the it's
1: just like the NFL right now.
0: Yeah, and I like seeing parody. It makes the league more interesting. So hopefully that keeps up. I don't want to see, you know, the favorite just dominate the whole season and there's no question about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't like – yeah, I'm with you. I'm same with the – as far as the, like, I don't need dominance from the same five teams because then I feel like I'm going to get a repeat in the playoffs and, like, it's different because it's a seven-game series so anything can happen. So it kind of makes it a little bit better. But, like, there are certain matchups where you're like, I know who's winning the series ultimately.
0: Yeah, 100%. I agree. But I think that's all that we have time for today, unless you got anything
1: else you want to add in. I don't think there's anything anything else going on sports wise. I think we covered a great deal. That NFL trade line did a lot for us. So Yeah, that's think, for sure. Uh, this has been a I, long episode. Yeah. I, had I think to close I closed my we window did.
0: because of a cricket. So it's hot in here. <laughs>
1: I'm gassed. I'm, I'm sitting here, here. my you. my I'm out here losing my electronics are dying on me. Had to do part of a segment without my mic. I hope y'all could hear me. If not, you know. Deal with it But <laughs> But you know So you know Things happen It's part of life
0: Got me over here Doing the bubble Jimmy Butler Once I have hit the end Button on this podcast <laughs> Sad, I feel it <laughs>
1: Alright So we'll be back
0: With y'all next week For week nine I'm Zach
1: I'm Jamar
0: And have a good week Make responsible choices Eat that Halloween candy All that shit.